Welcome to Pastor Matters, the podcast of the Center for Preaching and Pastoral Leadership at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. We hope this conversation will both equip and encourage you to lead healthy churches that make disciples for the glory of God. Hi, I'm Chuck Lawless. And I'm Caleb Iverson. And we want to thank you for listening again to another episode of Pastor Matters. Dr. Lawless, uh, for our icebreaker today, I want to ask you a question, just curious about your experience growing up in the youth ministry of your church. What was that experience like for you, and maybe what's one memory that comes to mind from your youth ministry growing up? Yeah, you know, I was saved when I was 13, not having been raised in a, in a Christian home, and so I was saved into an ongoing student ministry. I, we called it youth ministry then. We, we didn't use the terminology of student ministry. That was a long time ago. But, but here's what I remember— uh, I had I had Sunday school teachers who loved us. Uh, we had uh, youth ministers, we called them, uh, youth pastors. Occasionally, we used that title. Uh, sometimes they 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 came and went. So we had a revolving door sometimes of of leaders. I I think they all genuinely loved us. They wanted to help us grow. But my recollection is the the real the effort was. You come to all the activities that we offer, mm-hmm. and as long as you show up at all the activities and all the teaching opportunities, all the puzzle pieces will fall into place, and you'll come out a devoted disciple of Christ for the rest of your life. So I don't. I know there was love. I don't think there was intentionality in in helping us grow. At, at the same time, though, I I remember fondly some people I could name them who who early in my Christian walk really became in some ways a refuge for me as a as a brand new believer in a in a non-christian home that was that was messy at times and I could I could just go hang out with some folks uh they weren't teaching me information but they were letting me share life a little bit and and I am I'm really grateful for that even this many years later mm. and I'm glad you draw that point of intentionality that's something for me as well when I think about youth ministry that really made the biggest impact on me we're just couple student leaders, my student pastor, that was just intentional to ask me questions, to disciple me, to invite me into their life, and that has probably had the biggest impact on me. Well, we want to segue into our topic for the episode today. We want to talk about next-gen ministry, uh, student ministry, and I'm excited because we have a special guest on the, our podcast today, Jay Viverka, who's our next-gen pastor at Open Door, the church that I attend and, and get to serve at as well. Jay's actually my supervisor. So, uh, Jay, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, thank you. Glad to be here. Appreciate the invite. I uh, love serving alongside Caleb at Open Door. He's a blessing to our church. Uh, I was uh, born and raised in the great state of New Jersey. Um, so I identify with, I think, Nathaniel, right, where Jesus, uh, where they said, can anything good come out of, uh, <laughs> he said, can anything good come out of Nazareth, right? So uh, New Jersey and uh, heard the gospel at uh, an FCA, Fellowship of Christian Athletes mm. camp, Right here in North Carolina, so I got I got put on a bus uh, on a van in a van and shipped out of state. Heard the gospel. Uh, I grew up going to church, so uh, the the idea of a Christian camp was not totally foreign to my family. Uh, but I hadn't really uh, understood what the gospel was, and so came to faith there. Uh, later on, got involved in FCA when I was in college at Virginia Tech, and uh, graduated from there back in two thousand. So twenty three-plus years ago now, um, and moved to Raleigh to become an architect. And uh, I did that for a few years while I was sort of getting involved at Providence Church here in Raleigh. And um, 
really through that process began to exercise and see some some gifting. Some people poured into me and uh, invested in me, and that's where the Lord called me into into ministry. And so began here at Southeastern in '04, graduated in '08, and uh, have been serving in ministry uh, since that time. Nice. So let me let me clarify. You're Caleb's boss. I'm his boss. Yep. I'm Caleb's boss. Right. Yeah. I have two bosses, <laughs> and you are you are surrounded by them right now. So so uh, do well. Yeah. Yes. In, in, in I'm really on the spot on this one. All so. that we do. So Jay, you, if I understand correctly, you you were second career in some sense with with ministry. That's right. Yeah. Okay. T- tell us about your calling. How mm. did how did you sense that? How did you know that? Yeah. It was it was a really a kindness of the Lord. Um, both an internal sort of draw drawing to the ministry. Um, when I started attending Providence, it was really the first church that I had been engaged in in a, in a significant way. I attended a church when I was in college, but FCA was really my community mm. on campus. And so Providence really opened my eyes to the Lord's love for the local church, um, what he intended for it to, to look like and be about. And uh, through the process of getting involved there and really being given opportunities to exercise gifts I didn't know I had. So I mm. had a Sunday school teacher. Um, I was just serving in different ways, was leading our prayer ministry. And he asked me to do a a five-minute prayer devotion one Sunday in Sunday school class. And so I spent, uh, you know, 30 hours preparing for that five-minute devotion, uh, <laughs> just a, just a ridiculous amount of time. And uh, and I loved every minute of that preparation. And then uh, I really enjoyed the um, the aspect of being able to encourage the saints. And, and I was not, I'm not a public speaker. Mm. Uh, I, I never enjoyed standing up in front of groups and talking. And so when I stood up to do that devotion and the Lord in his grace and his goodness just allowed me to to do it in a way that folks were encouraged by, uh, I was equally surprised and also invigorated by that. And so continued just to pursue opportunities to serve in the local church. I had several mentors who had graduated from Southeastern. And so I took a, I started taking a class here in the fall of 03 with Dr. David Hogg. It was a Tuesday, okay. Thursday church history class. That was back when he was still requiring us to memorize the Apostles' Creed in Latin. Thank you, Dr. Hogg. <laughs> uh, and people would ask me, how are you enjoying that? And I'd say, man, I, I love I love my class. And they would say, well, if, if you love that class, you should go to seminary because that is not mm. people's favorite class mm. at seminary. So I began to pray about that. And one night I was laying in bed thinking of the ways I needed to tell my boss I was quitting the architecture firm. Mm. And uh, in that moment, I just thought, yeah, this this is what I believe the Lord has called me to do. So if I, I think I'm hearing you say that it was both an inner compulsion. Yep, absolutely. And external affirmation. Yes. And I think those two are critical. Uh, and I, I combine that with uh, recognizing need. Uh, I know in my heart I need to do something. Others affirm that. We see the need in front of us. And God, God calls us. Yeah. So, what is your what is your current position, Jay? Current position is next generation pastor at Open Door Church. All right. So, for my generation, we never used <laughs> the language of next generation. What is what is next gen? Yeah, it really uh, it depends on which church you're talking to, right? Because even other next gen pastors I talk to, they <laughs> their role is different than mine. So, at Open Door. We view Next Generation Ministry from birth through college, and so I oversee all of our ministry starting when uh, families welcome in their newborns all the way through when their child graduates college, and I'm ministering to those those kids, to those students, and then also to the families 
um, at the same time. So we want to come alongside parents in that regard. Uh, so that's pretty massive. It is, yes. How do you how do you accomplish that? Yeah, well, I have a, an amazing team. Caleb being one of them, uh, several part time kind of directors that oversee uh, the different ages and stages there. So we have a, a preschool and elementary. Uh, right now, our middle school and high school is combined, um, and then Caleb helps with our college ministry. So they are really uh, more boots on the ground. They they attend all the events. They're they're really if if you were to ask one of our students who they identify with on our staff, mm-hmm. it's probably going to be more so Kenneth, who is our uh, our student director right now, than me, even though I'm sort of a constant presence across all of those age groups. Okay. Did you inherit some of those leaders, or have you enlisted them? Uh, they've all been enlisted, yeah. I did uh, inherit a preschool director when I started, but she has transitioned out. We have a different one now. Okay. Help help our listeners, help, help pastors, help us. What do you look for in those leaders, and how how have you enlisted them? Mm. How have you convinced them to get on board? <laughs> well, we are we are blessed to be nearby here at Southeastern. We have a True. number of students uh, at our at our uh, our church who want to pursue ministry. Um, so when I came on board, I, I told Pastor Dwayne the same thing I told um, my boss at FCA when I was working at FCA. I said, I'm not a student guy. Um, I, I I, I love students and their families, but if I have to be the one who's at every student event, <laughs> uh, I will not be in my happy place. Um, and so the first hires were a middle school and a high school director. Okay. And at that time, uh, Kenneth Brock and Patrick Sanders, were they were like two peas in a pod, and they were both at open door and ready and willing to jump in. Mm. And so by his grace, that was a very easy process. We interviewed a number of guys. Uh, who were interested, but those two really rose to the top. And so we hired them first. Um, uh, Nathaniel Sibley, he used to be here at at, uh, Southeastern. He was also attending at the time. He became our college director very seamlessly. And then I was the elementary director for about a year. Okay. um, Because the budget, we were trying to figure out how to bring all these people on. So that was sort of the transition. So what what did you look for in those potential leaders? Yeah, uh, Guys and gals who um, love the local church. Okay. Uh, they love the word. Um, Kenneth and Patrick, in particular, they they were they had a real clear um, calling to invest uh, and to um, pour into students. So uh, I love and they and they um, the two of them worked really well together. You know, you have some that are gifted in some ways and others, and so they complemented each other. So we were looking for uh, individuals that would connect with students. Um, that understood the primacy of the word in mm. next gen ministry, um, and so we started there. Okay, so my assumption is you make this work by really building this team, yes, en- encouraging this team, equipping mm-hmm. this team. For for pastors of any church size who have to who have to build a team, tell us how you do that. How do you take these various leaders overseeing different aspects of next gen ministry? And again, I'm assuming that you you create a team that that is that I understand their vision, they understand their direction, yes. and they're pressing forward together. So yeah. how how have you made that happen? Yeah, so uh, it is a challenge because all those directors are part time. So okay. almost all of them have other jobs outside of mm. Open Door. So getting them all on our campus for a meeting even uh, requires just a massive amount of intentionality, um, and, and so. Um, 
so that I have to be flexible a lot. Like it's not common for me to just say this is what my week is going to look like because pieces are usually moving. Um, but uh, we we were real intentional at the beginning to to make an effort to have everybody together really for the sole purpose of devotion and prayer. Mm, okay. And we just said, you know what, the, the nuts and bolts, those can happen. We do a we do a OD students meeting with Kenneth and Patrick, right? And then we do a OD kids meeting with our elementary and preschool directors. But when we have everybody together, really it's for the purpose of some cross-communication. Hey, what spaces are you using? What is that going to look like? Because we also have a, uh, a weekday preschool that meets in oh, our space. Goodness, okay. So we've got to navigate some shared spaces with that. But I really wanted them to gather um, to pray for one another and to be in God's Word together. And so once a month, for about an hour, hour and a half, we would gather for prayer and for Bible study. I, I love that. So no agenda other than that. Yeah, and some calendaring, you know, hey, okay. who's using what, when. Okay, wow, that's great. All right, go back to Next Gen. Yep. Even though Next Gen for you is a very wide span, where do you see churches not hitting on all cylinders? It's just— they're missing something in reaching the next generation. Yeah, and I, I, I'm sure we're probably missing something. Um, but I, I think uh, there are so many challenges facing uh, the next generation. Um, in particular, I think of our students. Uh, they are they are carrying uh, weight they were never meant to carry. They're they're dealing with societal and cultural and emotional challenges that uh, are really even foreign to me. I'm 46 and. The world is a very different place than when I was a student. Um, so I think uh, one of the ways that next-gen ministries um, miss the mark is um, by not inviting parents into that space. Mm. Uh, we really uh, believe in the partnership of the church and the home. And so we are as intentional as we can be with inviting parents uh, into some of those things. We have, a, we, have a, we have a podcast we do for our kids' ministry. It's called Wise for Salvation. And uh, the premise of it is we want to gather parents and kids around God's Word to have conversations. So we do eight to ten minutes. We do a short lesson on either the Sunday school lesson from the previous Sunday, or right now we're actually working through a catechism. And then Mm. we end each uh, episode with a question for parents and kids to discuss together, just trying to get parents and kids and students talking about God's Word, because we we feel like that is a disconnect in the home. And sometimes it's because parents don't know how to do it. Sometimes mm. it's because kids are resistant to it. So if if someone at their church is initiating the conversation and saying, hey, here's a question for you to consider, we feel like that's a helpful way to, to facilitate some of that. that. That's really good. Let me ask a question about that, and I'll go yeah. back to other areas where you think churches need to improve. Is that podcast available for folks outside of Open Door? It is, yeah. It's available on Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts. All right, all I want places. listeners to, to know that again. So give us the name again yep. and remind us where we can find that. It's called Wise for Salvation, um, and it, you can find it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all, all that, um, all those all those places where you would find your normal podcast. So. And listeners, if you go on our show notes on our website, you the link for the podcast will be on there too. Good. Thank yeah. you. Thank you, Caleb. All right, go back, Jay. What? Are, where else are churches missing it? Um, I think uh, there is often a focus on entertainment, okay. um, right? The attractional model of, of years past. I, I don't know that that, that is, is working anymore. Um, uh, our students um, really have responded well to the, to the preaching and teaching of God's Word. And so I think for student ministers in particular, um, I would challenge them just to really um, trust in the work of the Spirit and the Word 
in their ministry. Um, you can you can host events. You can do all of that. In fact, one of our expectations, one of our our goals, is to um, to engage students in the life of the church. And what we mean by that is we want them to see the church as not just simply a a place that they come to, and it's it's drudgery. But we want them to see that as their primary community where they find okay. their primary identity, and there's joy and there's excitement around that. So it's a combination of being in God's Word together and then living out that Word in genuine community. Okay. Southeastern exists to help people like you serve the church and fulfill the Great Commission in all of life. Are you interested in learning more about what Southeastern has to offer? Join us for Preview Day, where you will meet professors and current students, tour our beautiful campus, and experience what it could look like for you to prepare for ministry in our Great Commission community. To learn more and register, check out sebts.edu visit. You're overseeing ministry from bed babies to college students. Yeah. Talk to us about, do you, do you have a pathway, a plan? What what are your goals in bringing all that together, and how are you moving in that direction? Yeah, so when I came on board, uh, my position was new. We had had a, a student minister, and we had had a children's minister, but both of them had left within a short period of time of each other. And so there was a bit of a restructuring. And when I stepped into the role, I had, I had never been a, a student pastor. Uh, I had served with Fellowship of Christian Athletes, which was mm. ministering to middle school and high school students. Um, but I immediately tried to figure out a way to to organize this whole thing. That's just my, the way my mind thinks. I, I like to be very structured and intentional. And uh, so the image that came to mind first was this image of a trail or a path. And it, I felt like it was something that could translate across multiple age groups. Um, and so we have organized our ministry around um, the different trails that correspond to the different seasons of development in a child's life. So we have a preschool trail, lower elementary, upper elementary, middle, high, and college. Those are our six. And as we as we put that into place, we thought, well, how, how do we mark the transition from one trail to the next? What does that look like? Um, what are some real specific ways that we are investing in parents in those seasons of life? Uh, and so we, uh, very early on, uh, be established something called a trailhead, which uh, the people at Open Door have heard me say this, but I am not a hiker. Okay. Okay. So, <laughs> uh, so when I settled on this on this theme of trails, one of the first things I did was Google hiker lingo. Right. Like, what <laughs> are good. words that hikers use? That's right. Good. So, if I go for a hike, I need to be able to see my car at all times. No, I got you. I yeah. am a hiker, so I yeah. really like this language. Yeah. So, uh, so we we started using this trailhead language um, because a trailhead is is the start of a trail, right? And sometimes there's a map there shows you kind of where the trail is going to go. It might show you where the shelters on that trail are. Mm-hmm. Uh, it might show you um, some scenic overlooks to, to make a note of, right? And so we wanted to gather our parents anytime a child was moving to a new trail, anytime a family was moving to a new trail, and say, hey, um, let's take a minute to turn around and imagine, I, I get real cheesy about this, let's imagine we're at this scenic overlook, and from this overlook, you can see the trail that you've just completed. And it's, it's, a, it's a metaphor for the, for the Christian life. Let, let's think about this last season of life in for your child, what what were some things that were beautiful in that season? Some things you observed on that trail. What were some challenges and obstacles that you faced, and how did you see God's faithfulness in that? So we take a moment to do that, and then we move to the trail ahead. 
So give us a, an example. Yeah. What, what might you say in a transition from from junior high to high school or from elementary to junior high? Yeah. Give us an example of what you would talk with parents about in that transition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we uh, so I'll I'll do from upper elementary to middle school. Okay. That let's is do big, that. That is a big jump. Okay. You're moving from kids ministry to student ministry. Um, so we would we would talk. Uh, we use the language of shelters, provisions, and tools. So when we talk about shelters, we're talking about the spaces at Open Door where we're trying to uh, to create an environment and minister to these students. So we'll talk about our United Ministry on Sunday night. We'll talk about equip groups, which are discipleship groups for those students, and we're just orienting the students and the families to those things. And we'll acknowledge in that moment. Um, some of these families, this is their third child that's m- making this transition. Mm. For others, it's their first. And so one of the things I challenge them with is, uh, this is another one of those hiking lingo things, uh, a trail family is a, f- a phrase I was not familiar with. But uh, apparently this is this is when you find yourself on a trail, and you, it's sort of like I equate it to the grocery store where you, you just are on the <laughs> same track as uh, this person. You're, you know, you're in the cracker aisle together, and then you're in the pickle aisle, and you just— on the trail, you you just are sort of at the same pace. Yep. And so I challenge our families like this at the trailhead. I'll say this is your trail family. So my heartbeat is that when you are facing a, a situation with your student, you have a question. You're wondering how to navigate something. The first person you think to call is not me or it's not our student director. It's actually the person sitting across the table from you because it's your trail family. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe they've already made this journey. So we try to encourage them in that way. Um, so we talk about shelters. We talk about provisions, which are sort of the re- the regular diet on the trail. Uh, these are usually the curriculums that we'll use, the studies that we're engaging in in the coming year. So in our kids' ministry, we have a Sunday school curriculum that we use. In our student ministry, um, we'll have books of the Bible that we're teaching through on Sunday night. And so we'll map out, hey, here's what the next year looks like. And then tools are kind of the different resources that we want to put in their hands uh, to help them navigate the trail. So how long did it take you to get this in place when you came to Open Door? Uh, it's still going uh, okay. in place. But um, we had our first, uh, the year one, we did um, a, a lower elementary and an upper elementary trailhead. Okay. So we did two. The following year, we added in middle school and high school. Okay. Um, and so the, the trailhead for uh, the preschool trail is the baby is born and our preschool director does an in-home visit and sort of talks to them about the preschool at Open Door, tells them about our, our nursing mother's room and some other things, brings them a meal. So that kind of stuff. OK. What I love about this, Jay, is you know where you want to go yeah. and you have a plan to get there. Yeah. Both, both of those are huge. How about, do you have many kids or students who come whose parents aren't involved at all? We do, yeah. How, do, do. You, how do you handle those situations and helping, like, like, like I was, a 13-year-old, the only Christian in my, in my home, how, do you, how would you have helped me yeah. grow? Yeah, I think, um, I think where there is an absence there, we're, we're all that more intentional to introduce them to different influences at Open Door Good. that can pour into them. Good. Um, there, we have a tremendous team of leaders in our student ministry. Many of them are students here at Southeastern. Um, some of them are other parents. Uh, and equip groups is really the space where they receive that intentional discipleship. And an equip group is uh, one adult with two or three students. Okay. And they meet every other week. Um, sometimes there's a specific study that they're walking through. 
Sometimes they're working on scripture memorization together, but it's life on life discipleship. And we challenge those leaders, say, uh, be seen at this kid's basketball game or at this girl's dance recital. Um, if the parents are connected at Open Door, we challenge the parents, invite that equip group leader into your home for a meal. Like, make this a partnership together. It's mm, good. Yeah. So you have high expectations for your leaders. We do. Okay. Yep. And you hold them accountable to that. We do. Yeah, as best we can, for all sure. Of that's, all of that's really good. Tell me, what would you say to the to the student pastor listening or to the to the lead pastor listening? They're not they're not serving near a seminary. Yep. They don't have the resources within driving distance that you have an open door. They just want to get started moving in the direction that you have you have taken open door. What would you say to that lead pastor helping a student pastor? And what would you say to that student pastor to to at least take some right steps? Hmm. Yeah, for the lead pastor, uh, I mean, we have such great support from our, our lead pastor, Pastor Duane, and our elders. Um, many of the elders have students in our student ministry, so they have a, mm. they have a, they're our parents as well. Um, so for the lead pastor, I would, I would simply encourage them um, to see this as a, as a place of investing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, not a, it's not an ancillary ministry. Um, this is the future of their church, because if they're in this kind of a place, it's likely that they're in a place that maybe is not growing. They don't have a lot of people from outside coming into that mm. community. And so this really is the future of their church. And so what kind of leaders and elders do they want to see in their church in 10, 15 years, 20 years? Well, those are your students right now. Good. Um, for the student pastor, I would say um, in some ways uh, start small. Um, find, find several students to invest in. Uh, shepherd them well. Engage with their families. Um, don't be threatened by parents. Now, there are there are, there can be difficult <laughs> parents. Uh, there can be helicopter parents. There can be parents who aren't short on opinions, and that's that's fine. Uh, there's a lot of wisdom to be gained there, um, even if you don't necessarily agree with that parent. Um, but typically, our parents are older than our student ministers, so it it is a point of <laughs> wisdom to listen, um, which takes humility. So invite those parents in. Um, and uh, and be seen, uh, be seen at at those students' sporting events, or uh, you know, at the, go to their graduations. Uh, it's in a place where we are. Uh, our our student ministry probably has fifteen to twenty schools represented in the area, yeah. simply because of the way schools work in North Carolina. It's, right. it's such a hornet's nest or yeah. a <laughs> rat's nest. So um, invite those parents in, be involved in those students' lives. Start small and put the word at the center of everything. I, I really like your, your strategy. If, if, if any of our listeners would want to know more, they'd want to see more about the, the trail process for mm-hmm. your church, they'd like to, to ask you a question or two. Uh, if you're open to that, tell us how, how we can reach you. Yeah, um, our, our website is opendoorlife.com, um, but my email address is j at opendoorlife.com, and uh, I'd be happy to to answer any questions that are out there, send any documents that we have. Um, it's all fair game. So we'd love to hear from folks. Good. Thank you for your willingness to, to share. Yeah. Uh, both Caleb and Zach are members of, of Open Door. And so just listening to you, hearing the strategy, hearing the intentionality, uh, I just understand again, again, why they've, they are pleased to have the Lord leading them there. So thank you for your service. Thank you for being willing to help our our listeners. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Well, Caleb, thank you for inviting one of your pastors to our team today. 
Yeah, it was a pleasure. Pleasure just listening to the conversation. And listeners, thank you for joining us for this episode of Pastor Matters. Listeners, if you found this conversation helpful, consider leaving us a five-star rating and review. We'd love to hear any feedback you'd be willing to give. You can send that feedback to pastorcenter at sebbets.edu. As a reminder, links to the podcast-wise for Salvation, um, our our church link as well will be in the show notes on our website, so you can go to pastorcenter.org, go to the podcast tab, and you can find this episode there. As always, it's our mission at the Center for Preaching and Pastoral Leadership to equip and encourage pastors, and I hope that we've done that with today's conversation. And as always, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain.